From a whisper to a roar, our voice has grown in strength and volume. Echoes from our past guide our future as we explore the woman's voice. The fabulous Karen Jacobson. Welcome. G'day. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Welcome here in Land of Oz. It's so wonderful to have you home at the moment. Oh, you know, it's very glorious and fortunate to be here. <laughs> it is. It is. Are, are you missing the Big Apple? You know, it's inter- an interesting question because we've been in Australia many, many months, not expecting to be in Australia for many months, and so much of being here is incredibly fortunate and in the flow and wonderful. And then uh, it'll just be moment to moment there'll be a memory or a realisation that what happened to my old life? Mm. And as I'm well aware, my old life isn't there in the way it was even if we were in our apartment in New York. But it's there's, I think, a level of shock, and I'm, I'm certain it's not <laughs> only us. <laughs> for everybody, uh, as that kind of unwinds, it's, it's, it's almost uh, disorienting. Yeah. Well, I, I do hope that you can get back to your sense of normality in in the US as soon as you possibly can. But we are glad to have you here today and thank you for taking the time to talk to us all about all things The Woman's Voice and I couldn't think of anyone more special to be talking to today than yourself. I want to start with a question that is really important for me because I know that my voice has changed my life and saved my life in many ways and I wanted to ask you today how has your voice recalculated your life? Well, when you ask me that question, what comes immediately is how uh, wrenching it was for me for my, a lot of my life to actually speak up and to say what there was, what was there to say in everyday life, in relationships, in business, everywhere. And, I mean, in, in fact, the, as, as I'm reflecting, like the irony that mine is a voice that is on many voice systems and campaigns on radio and television and, and then my, musically as a songwriter and performer, my singing voice out there around the world and, and performing live around the world but my experience as a young girl and a young woman and an older woman <laughs> was, you know, that, that if I say what's really there for me, I will get it wrong, I will get in trouble, I will be a target. Um, mm. You know, it's not until you ask that question that, that I realize just how much of that formulated my upbringing, you know, and my, my younger years, that fear. Mm. Mm. It's an interesting word that you use, target. I think mm. that that target is something that 
we all suffer with is is not speaking up because of that fear of being a target. Do you think that that's, you know, because you've travelled so much between Australia and the States, do you think that's more prevalent here in Australia or, or is it everywhere? It's everywhere. Mm. You know, uh, and, and they're two countries that, goodness, have their social issues, but there are countries where it is extremely dangerous to be a woman and speak your mind and, and be forthright. Uh, I remember being a teenage girl and having that experience that it was not safe to be walking down the, you know, metaphorically walking down the street alone. Hmm. And I was horrified that other that adults knew that that was an issue and hadn't somehow solved it yet <laughs> right I, I was like this is people know this mm. and they've known it for many 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 years and it's still an issue why it, mm. I, I just I can still remember the I mean I was aghast that that could be the case yeah, that's that's. A, I've never thought of it that way. I've never <laughs> thought of that. You know, the responsibility from the from the elders, I suppose, of we think that they should fix it. Well, I think that the people who we elect to represent us on every level hold full responsibility for not making certain that that is handled. Yeah, some basic fundamentals. Yeah, well, it, it is to me. Mm. It is to me. And many others. What yeah. was what was the driving force that reconnected you to the voice that's led you here today? As in being able to speak my mind and to be mm. able to be to speak up. And well, it's been a, a a road of personal and professional development, a lot of intentional uh, work. Mm-hmm. And that word. that's that's the word, isn't it? It is it, work. It is work. And I have had, well, I haven't had to, but I've wanted to. And I've been somebody who seeks out uh, tools and opportunities and experiences and structures to be able to develop myself to be the very best version of me and the most effective version of myself that I'm able to be, you know, we're here for a finite period of time on the material plane and I want to have a great time and I want to have an impactful time. Mm. And I look around at how the world works and those who are eloquent are able to share in a, you know, a gosh, you know, in an, a really rich way make the difference, make the most difference. Hmm. So uh, there, was a, there was a definite drive and interest from me to develop myself the very, you know, as much as yeah. I possibly can. Do you think that that inquiry is something that you're born with? Again, I know that in myself, my sense of inquiry and has kept me alive because I'm always like, I'm not going to accept this. I, I have to find answers and I'd go out there and source the answers until I found what resonated with me. Is that something that you were born with? Is it yeah. something that you think your parents instilled in you? I think that curiosity and that 
drive was there. I think it exists in everyone, but it depends on the balance of, mm-hmm. of how, how much attention we're giving to the f- vibration of fear, you know, that, that can just smother, the, smother it. But I think everybody has that uh, potential and that ability. It's a question of what are you feeding? Mm. Was there times in your life that you were truly scared to speak your truth? Many times in my life. I mean, I, I, I find myself at this point, somebody who's lived in New York City for the last 20 years now, back in the region I'm from, in the Whitsunday region in North Queensland. And I really see how free I am to be the person to say, to put their hand up and say, hey, let's create a zero waste group. Let's have this be the first zero waste town in Australia. And then discover there are lots of other people interested in that. But it takes somebody to put their hand up and say, let's do this and to lead. I think that's that's what I'm experiencing is I was in an environment in New York in the circle uh, the circles of of friends uh, that I have there where most people are like that. Yeah. And I have moved into a, a different place and a different experience of my life where not everybody is like that and not in that way, you know, and I'm also from a community of professional motivational speakers or performers or entertainers and there are plenty of performers nervous to open their mouths and say what they really think. Mm-hmm. But if they're on stage and performing, they're okay, but in real life, not, not quite as free. But I just am, I'm really noticing how so much of that, uh, experience that I've had that I'm able to bring here and be, I'm really, I'm only focused on how can I make, how can I be of service here? What's wanted and needed here, Mm. here around me and in, in my, in the world, you know, Mm. and I feel very free to express myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is, is huge. Yeah. Does the fear, this is something that I think everyone struggles with, is they wait for that sense of fear to completely dissipate. I don't think the fear ever dissipates. It's just that you have more desire to, <clears throat> excuse me, you have more desire to achieve something. You have more desire to see change than, than, than you're focused on the fear. Would you agree with that, that you just focus and make that choice to, to go forward, but you've still got that element of fear there? I think it's being very clear on my purpose, my mission, that clarity diminishes the fear a lot. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's, it's like my, um, my experience of myself is, I mean, I just have so, so much, it's just so <laughs> I'm looking for the words, but I, it's very clear to me. It's, there's just this clarity about what I'm up to. Mm-hmm. I'm here on the planet to have, help people see their truth. I'm here to, you know, support people to have their dreams come true. I'm just all about shining light. Yes. Yes. When I stand there, 
I'm much less focused on, am I going to upset somebody if I say this mm-hmm. this way? And what will people think? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just am, my focus isn't there anymore, but mm-hmm. it was. I was in a very reactionary, please accept me, please love me, please validate me space for the first four decades of my life. Yes, what was the pivotal moment? Was there anything in, in that experience, the catalyst where you went, okay, I'm on the other side of that now. I'm not going to let that fear take hold of me anymore? Well, there have been a number of uh, courses that I've taken over time that have, you know, had me break through to the next level. Mm-hmm. Being a professional speaker and uh more recently writing a show about my story from childhood through to present day, I think that's that's had a, a profound impact because I did a lot of healing work about those younger years and what was there for me, the the bullying, the fears, the chronic anxiety that I, I dealt with when I was um, at school. And I revisited a lot of those uh, themes and experiences and was able to heal a lot of those, uh, those pains and those, those wounds. And to go through that process, which was really only a little over a year ago, and to then share that particular show uh, was groundbreaking for me. I... It opened a, a space that I was then able to express myself, uh, you know, this freedom I'm talking about, this just this being out there-ness and, uh, and this just truly not being concerned. You know, my, my truth and my it's my story. I'm an absolute expert on my experience. That's, that's what I'm an expert on. And you said to me a couple of years ago, we're sitting here in my home in Brisbane and you said something to me, which I hope you don't mind me sharing, but I, I asked you how you were and you said, I'm great. I've retired. And of course I looked at you in complete horror thinking that you were <laughs> never going, we're never going to see you again. And, and the, the airwaves are going to miss you. So you said, no, I'm, I'm retired from doing things that don't work anymore. And I just, you know, that just resonated so beautifully and I really wanted to share that and perhaps hope that you could elaborate on what got you to that. That's a big move. That's a really big statement to say, I'm not doing that anymore. I've retired. From as soon as I left school and, you know, I I was – very clear. I wanted to be a professional singer and move to America. And that they were my childhood dreams. And I, I am wired to be a go get it action oriented, make it happen person. So I had worked very, very hard and had some results. But if you looked at my output and the results, you would go, oh, no, that's not a match. You worked way harder to achieve this than warrants, than is warranted. Mm-hmm. And that's what I retired from, mm-hmm. from, from working uh, from this idea that you have to work really, 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 really 
hard. In fact, you have to suffer and sacrifice to accomplish anything. Now, that doesn't mean inspired action isn't required Mm. because I I now uh, consider it to be, you know, I call it something else completely. If I'm not inspired into action, I'm going to lie down and read my book Mm. or I'm going to go for a swim or maybe I'll play the piano or take a walk or phone a friend. I am, I am, it's got to be inspired action. Mm -hmm. And I've been speaking a lot about this, uh, this difference between busy work and being busy and getting very clear about what you're up to Mm. and then listening for what life wants of you. Mm. So I, I really, when I was sharing with you about retiring, retiring from trying too hard for me, I know when I start to have the experience that I'm trying really, really hard, that is an indicator. Uh-uh, that energy is not going to work for me. I need to be enjoying the way I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. And I can be uh, taking a lot of actions, but the feeling is very different to That's right. trying really hard. That's right. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I do feel that, you know, perhaps some of it comes from the Aussie battler mentality that, you know, that's, that's our plot in life that we're going to work really, 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 really hard and not get very far. Right. I do also think that some of it um, for me personally comes from being a, an artist or a musician is that you're going to work really, really, really hard and not get very far, that that's just, that's what happens. You've chosen that route. So I think that's really important for everyone to hear that you have the choice at any one moment to stop doing what doesn't work for you anymore. Yeah, that's right. And it's so important. If, if, it's, if it's hurting you, if you're bashing your head against a brick wall, something that you're doing is not in flow and it's not meant to be. I stopped the action. I actually stopped the action. And it was a period of oh, months where I I stopped making appointments to go and network with people or go to networking events or meet people for coffee or I, I just stopped all of it to really get clear, okay, well, what what is it that I want to spend my time doing, mm-hmm. you know? Awesome. Can you – I ask this question to everyone. It's my standard question. Do you like the sound of your own voice? I do now. I didn't for a really long time. I think many people can relate to recording their own voicemail and then hearing it back and going, oh, is that what I sound like? So that was how it was for me in the beginning. And over time, I have a long period of time And I suppose I have a a relatively unique situation that I will get into vehicles or elevators and hear my own voice and others are really quite entertained by that. So that, I think that has helped me have uh, an appreciation for my own voice in a way that I wouldn't have otherwise. I have had Siri in the back of our car literally physically directing us, which was an absolute spin. It was so <laughs> much fun. So we, we will get to you to give us a demonstration of the voice before you go. If, okay. you, if you had to describe these voices as a colour, what would it be? 
So let's start with Oprah Winfrey. What color would you describe Oprah's voice as? Purple. Of course, yes. Now, is it because she's been in the color purple or is it because of that beautiful depth of color? That's so interesting. It could be, you know, subconsciously the color purple, but I, I, it's just exactly the color that came to mind. Exactly. And I have heard the other one is ruby red, which I think yes. says those, those, those tones are in there as well. What about Donald Trump? Black. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about Kamala Harris? Kamala Harris. Kamala. 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 It's such an interesting pronunciation, isn't it? I think like Yamaha, Kamala. Kamala. <laughs> That's how I, 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 I am thinking Camelot, and then I go Kamala, Camelot. It's got that. Yeah, Kamala. That's good. Yeah. I like that. What, what color is her voice? I want to say dark green. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So in comparison, what color is your voice? Oh, my goodness. Well, the only color that I want it to be is like turquoise blue. So I don't know exactly what color it is, but I'm going with that. No, you know what? I think it's a shimmery gold. I'm going to go with a shimmery gold. I Just can like, see that. like your logo behind there. Yes, I can see yeah. that. And, and the turquoise, what do you need to implement to get it to be more turquoise then? Well, that's an interesting question. I think I'm, I'm to- I totally resonate with, with it being shimmery gold. Mm-hmm. It was, it was just that, that the turquoise is my favorite color. So that's where I went first, but yeah. no, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with shimmery gold. Absolutely. Yeah. Karen, many people suffer from the imposter syndrome. Okay. That voice in our head that constantly tells us we can't achieve things. You've touched on this today that you, you've had different variants of that in some way. Do you have a theory as to why it's so prevalent in today's society? Well, it's a whole self-worth conversation. I, why it's so prevalent in today's society I don't think there is a, uh, a, a truly authentic uh, level of, of education around being a human being that's mm-hmm. offered to young people or adults really. I mean, I think it's, it's rare to be in a communication situation where people are immediately responsible for when they didn't do something are being accountable, um, really being transparent and saying what's really there. We don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't want to say something that will upset somebody. So there's there's just a real uh, pretense that is it permeates all levels of society and communication so you touched on that we should, you know, learn earlier, and that, that has been mentioned to me before in the podcast where we should have more early learning about how our bodies function from, yes. uh, you know, our gut health to our 
hormones and certainly what it means to actually be a human being. How do we, you know, you mentioned before about your parents or our parents not taking that responsibility and changing things. How do we perhaps, we've got the baton in our hands at the moment. What do we do with that to make sure that we can try and start to get this change so that people are being more, the kids are being educated because I know my life would have been far different if I had this education at Mm -hmm. 13, 14. Well, it's living it's living by example. You know, I know that you're somebody who deve- who does a lot of development work personally and then is an incredible teacher and leader in your field. Uh, you know, I think to have conversations like this brings it forward, which is really great. Uh, I've been talking to some people locally here about, you know, what is available in terms of youth leadership opportunities um, even uh, Toastmasters has an amazing program for high school age students to learn how to speak in front of a group of people. I mean, that sorts out a lot of uh, uh, a lot of confidence and self-worth issues right there. So to have that be part of the curriculum would be extraordinary. Uh, the actual answer, well. You know, on a on a high level um, government or representative uh, place um, level, I, I would imagine having some kind of international and then national council around uh, the you know human beings and their communication and kindness and uh, authenticity would be pretty pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. I want to move on to the next question, which leads on for me because I do believe that our what we ingest, what we take into our bodies, which is I know something that you are very strongly strong believer in as well, uh, affects how we function, affects our, mm. our model of the world. What have you done? Just share a few things with what you've done to make sure that you you are in the best physical condition to live your best life and make these changes. Number one is to bring awareness to what you are feeding your mind, what you're watching, what you're reading, the kinds of conversations you're having or since standing around in a circle and witnessing and knowing that you have every bit of power to be the person who says, you know, I'm just going to step away. I'd rather not be a part of this conversation if there's gossip going on. And, you know, gossip's really fun, but it doesn't help, doesn't uplift. I, I, I say you're either lifting people up or dragging people down. And if it's not something that's uplifting that you're exposing yourself to in terms of what you're watching and listening and experiencing, make some shifts around that. Hydration is absolutely essential. Drinking way, way, way more water than you think you're supposed to be drinking every day. Getting adequate rest. Reading every label of every product in your entire house. If you can't understand what those ingredients are, look them up, 
If you still can't understand what those ingredients are, they're probably toxic and start to make changes. You don't have to do it all at once. I did because I'm like a jump in there gung-ho kind of person, but every single product we clean with, um, I was even shocked to realize it makes perfect sense, but I didn't realize, you know, the laundry detergent you use has a residue in your clothes, then it touches your skin, then it goes into your bloodstream. I mean, this is serious stuff. Uh, And then we get to eating and I made a decision about eight years ago to no longer eat any animals or animal products. So to eat a very clean, um, plant-based diet, which makes me very happy and energized and clearer in my thinking. Uh, so that's, there's some of the ways that we like to live and live as, as cleanly and toxic free as we can. What we ingest in our body, as you know, really has an impact directly on the brain. So if you Mm -hmm. eat lots of toxins, you're going to have a toxic response, let's say. What have you seen in the last eight years where you can go absolutely 100%, I function better or I have better outcomes or better conversations? What, What are those changes that happened for you? Can you be specific a little bit more on... Well, initially I noticed that my digestion was like a dream and I'd been somebody who'd had issues with digestion and suddenly I didn't have any issues with my digestion. Mm. Um, I slept more peacefully and, and I mentioned clearer thinking, but that was so noticeable to me that I wasn't foggy or weighed down in quite the same way. And that was directly related to a shift in no longer eating animals. And, you know, I'm trying to think about specifically around thoughts, but I think that there was, that there is a, an, an underlying, it's not even underlying I know for myself when I was eating meat, there was a stodgy energy Mm -hmm. and that's the best word I can think of to describe it. That is no longer apparent. Now it's just I have a lighter experience of energetically. Yeah. And you've got more energy to go and do the things that matter to you. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel women are still apologizing for being in the conversation in the room? Yep. I, look, there are some young women who I see just just being themselves going, you know, I, there's no, no problem. I don't know what you're talking about. What problem? You know, there's no problem. Uh, but there are, there are some interesting communities that I'm a part of online with women living still very traditional caretaker roles, which I applaud fully and love that side of my life. But in a, um, it, it, it kind of takes me aback when I see there's a, there's a very big sacrificial, uh, 
energy to it or, or, or a sacrificial quality, that's the word I'm looking for, quality to it, that I, I'm just like, wow, have, have we not progressed uh, enough that there can be a division of, you know, household uh, labor, labor around the house, things like that. Yeah. Um, and st- it, I think the, the biggest mark, well, the marker we have is st- statistically, and I was reading statistics just this morning about the percentage of Nobel Peace Prize winners via uh, with gender, and it's it's still incredibly. I mean, it's shocking. Yeah, unbalanced, not in our favor. Yeah, and it's 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 exciting to see so many uh, national leaders around the world um, in Scandinavia. New Zealand in Africa uh, now leading countries, uh, women leaders, and I'm, I just have my eyes wide open, listening for what does that provide? You know, what's the, what's that shift going to look like? Yeah, where do you believe great inspiration and leadership comes from? And I'm talking internally. Where does it come from? Well, I think it's it's divine actually in in nature. So I think it's about the connection we have uh, with uh, and our own faith, and that can uh, occur in different ways for different people. For some people, it's in an organized religion uh, way, and in for other people, it's through spirituality. Mm-hmm. But I think that we, if we get out of the way, I think we have a direct line to something quite divine. Absolutely. An energy that, you know, we can, a, a universal consciousness that we can tap into and connect into. And, you know, we individually are a unique expression mm. of whatever that energy is that we are able to tap into or that faith, you know. So I think that that is, that's the source. Mm. That's the ultimate source. Absolutely. Um, but in terms of within ourselves, it's it's really being able to get the noise out of the way and hear, truly hear ourselves, our true selves think. Mm. True selves think or true selves speak? It's interesting. Everyone's different perspective on it. Well, if I am not speaking and I'm quiet, it seems like I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. even if my true self is speaking to me. Yes, yes. And if I'm in that state and something comes through, that's my phrasing is that from the divine something has come through and here's an idea and I need to take that and do something with it. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that connectedness to the self or our higher power, whatever your belief is, okay, I don't like to say one is right, one isn't right. I remember being uh, in a lecture with His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, I mentioned him in another podcast, and 
he said all religions are after one thing, and he said they're after love and compassion. And so when I say that, that, that it's almost like it comes from that other source, it comes through you. Mm-hmm. So, Karen, what piece of advice would you give to help your listeners reconnect with their voice in the future? Well, if we're talking about their inner voice, or as I like to call it, their inner GPS, <laughs> then <love> that. <laughs> my number one tool for that is quiet time. Mm. And for some people that is already in their daily practices, whether it may be prayer or mindfulness or meditation, listening to a guided meditation or silent uh, meditation. But if that, if you're listening to this and this is not a part of your daily practice, I cannot recommend that highly enough. Run, don't walk and put your timer on for two minutes and sit and breathe in and breathe out. And if you are having a lots and lots of thoughts, you are doing it right. You cannot do this wrong. And if you're someone who listens to guided meditations, that's an amazing starting point, but practice now and then having no guided meditation and just Mm -hmm. having quiet, no music, just silence. Mm -hmm. It's so important to understand, you know, when I talk about meditation to people, they go, I can't meditate because my, I can't turn my brain off. And I'm I like, know. you're not supposed to turn That's your brain normal. off. <laughs> That's normal. Don't try and do that because that will make you go crazy. It's impossible to do that. Yes. It's about creating moments of space in between the thoughts and trying to get those spaces a bit bigger over that's time. Right. That's right. Um, and, and, I, and that's a little shout out to everyone who's listening today who just puts it in the too hard basket and says, I can't do that. No, just find a moment, just a precious moment. That's all it has to be. And Karen, I don't know about you on the journey, but I find that the simplicity of it, it's so subtle. Mm -hmm. You have to be so present to capture the simple, subtle moments where you go, oh, there it is. Yes. And I look, it it all changed for me in 2011 when I read an article that said as little as two minutes a day a few times a week makes a difference. And I hadn't been able to find a a portal in to meditation that felt like I was going to be doing it right or doing it enough. Mm. And that article was pivotal. And I started with two minutes a day a few times a week and then I was frustrated that that wasn't enough and I settled on 15 minutes a day and I made the decision that I was not going to miss a day. Mm-hmm. So I haven't missed a day since July 7th of 2011. Wow. And the breakthrough around that, I mean, so many things. I mean, I could talk to you for an hour about meditation and the benefits of meditation. But the biggest part of it for my relationship with myself was that I could keep my word to myself not to miss a day, to do it every single day. Mm, that, thank you because that is so important. It's all about being able to be faithful to the self and trust yourself because once you've got 
those components and elements working, then that freedom of speech that we're mm. talking about here today, yeah. effortless. Yes. Effortless. And you don't have to work really hard at it. It's not one thing. It's not about having the most amazingly constructed content. It's not about having the most beautiful sounding voice in the world. It's about feeling that flow and that effortlessness. Mm-hmm. That's my word of the year, by the way, effortless. Is it? Yes. Excellent. Karen, how do people feel when you leave the room, when Siri leaves the room? Oh, that's a fascinating question. <laughs> Let me give you some background on why I asked that question. Okay. I do think that one of the pieces that I certainly live my life by is the legacy piece. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you go to a funeral, people don't talk about how much money that person made or what car they drove around in. They talk about the, the conversations and how that person made them feel. And so I live my life in a way to that, how I want people to be talking about me. What is the legacy that I want to leave behind and how I've impacted people's lives and how I've made them feel and making sure that I, every single day I'm doing something that is in alignment with that legacy. So that's what I, I, I ask you that question of how do you think people feel today when you leave the room? I think they think that there is a lot more possible for them than they thought before I entered the room. I think that they, they, and how I would love them to feel that, wow, if she can do, if she, she can believe in me or she can accomplish what she's accomplished, I can do that too. So it's like that golden light that you were talking about before. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. What's next for you to reach your fullest potential? I know that you, you've got some beautiful training programs going on. What's, what's next for you in the next, you know, six months, 12 months? And how can people get more of you? Thank you. I, I love the first part of that question. What's next for me to be, to reach my full potential? And I'm going to, really ponder that after this call. I I have, uh, I had recorded half an album before the pandemic and I haven't released any of the songs on that album and I've got a real itch and need to, to do that and I know that what I've got recorded can provide a lot out in the world. So it, it's releasing my new music and I have uh, I have a book uh, about my story that goes with my show Makaida Manhattan, my one woman show. So I, you know, to to really express my story in the form of a book and continue to develop um, what the life of my show Makaida Manhattan um, will be. I think are, are two of the the places I would I would point to. I, you know, I'm also uh, leading in person retreats, uh, mastermind retreats in the beautiful Whit Sundays, and 
these are for only for a small group of people at a time, but that work I see as uh, an ongoing um, part of my life's work to share, to mm. not only share what I've learned, but we, I uh, had just led the first one. The next one is coming up in a couple of months. But the the experience I had at the end of that retreat was, okay, my job is to be the person who creates a space mm-hmm. for magic to arise for people and their lives. So there's something about that being the one, again, to put my hand up and go, I'll lead the retreat. I'll book the beautiful luxury upon luxury house. I'll bring in the chef to cook the gourmet meals. You're going to feel like royalty for an entire weekend. And during that time, you will be able to hear yourself think and really reflect and take a look at what is most important to you, what you've accomplished already, and what um, what would make your life going forward just absolutely exquisite, an exquisite experience. But it is about, it's about creating that space. And so there is something for me around when you ask about my potential, about the space that I can create for others. I love uh, the, the authenticity and the way that you just relayed that was superb. Miss Karen, and I can hear you doing it in in Siri. I can hear you ah! doing a fantastic uh, sh- little ad show reel. You know, saying "Come, come, and let me create this space for you." So, yeah, yeah, maybe you should uh, look into that. I think I should be taking <laughs> notes. <laughs> I think that would be fabulous. That would certainly yeah. ignite something in me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go and spend time with Siri. But yeah. look, in all, in all seriousness. Uh, there are many things that you can look into working with Karen with as a as a voiceover artist, as a singer, as a one-woman show, and as a mentor and coach. She is the one-woman stop, and it's been an absolute blessing here today. Karen, can you perhaps leave us with a little, little Siri advice? It is never too late to recalculate. Thanks for joining me today to strengthen your voice. You want to be heard and you deserve to be heard. We're here to make sure that the woman's voice is heard. I'm Lisa Lachlan-Bell and together we are The Woman's Voice. Thanks to our official sponsor, The Voice Draw. For more information on your voice, go to thewomansvoice.com.au.